The 31st forbidden labor is the last when it comes to those labors that have to do with the hides that were made into the Urios, the different coverings of the Mishkan. And the 31st labor is the Malacha of Mechatech. Mechatech in modern Hebrew, Lechatech, Lachtoch, means to cut. But in the, when it comes to forbidden labor on Shabbos, obviously we can't say that any cutting, lachtoch, anything is forbidden because chatichat chala, you cut the chala with a knife. <clears throat> so obviously the basic premise of the forbidden way of cutting is measured cutting. In fact, in the Mishkan, the skins had to be measured to exact sizes to sew them properly into the large coverings, and therefore the what's forbidden is to cut things exactly Mechatech means to cut it to an exact measurement. And therefore, anything that has to do with taking any material and making it to a specific size would be some kind of derivative of mechatech. So sharpening a pencil to make it the right size, or tearing off a piece of wax, or if the cork doesn't get back into the bottle, if you take a knife to cut it so that it fits back into the bottle, or anything like that, would be mechatech. When it comes to food, as I said, there's no problem of mechatech because you're doing it to eat. You're not doing it to build. This is the, what's forbidden is to cut things purposely for a specific reason, constructively, not to be able to eat. I don't know if that's why the Svardim rip up the challah when they distribute it on Shabbos, but the yekas, those that are careful to cut exact pieces of challah on Shabbos, that's fine. Therefore, also, because mechatech only means measured cutting, so when on Shabbos, for instance, a person wants to open containers of cottage cheese or yogurt or butter or packets of salt or sugar or coffee or mustard or ketchup or anything, <clears throat> even if there are uh, safety seals that have uh, plastic strips and things like that, you're allowed to break those seals on Shabbos and open those containers because you have no intention to measure anything or the opposite. You just want to open up and get to the food. However, when it comes to, let's say, a box of tissues where, where there are perforated lines where one actually wants to have symmetrically measured type of tissues and stuff like that, that would be forbidden on Shabbos. Now we come to the last eight Melach is forbidden labors on Shabbos, and they have to do with the actual construction of the krushim, of the building of the actual planks made from the atzei shittim, from the acacia wood, the planks that were then made into the actual structure of the Mishkan itself. Now, these 48 planks, each one was overlaid with gold. They had to be erected and fit together in a precise system of bars, rings, and sockets. So they had to be perfectly measured, each one about 18 feet high and 32 inches wide. So therefore, putting these pieces of wood together to erect the actual structure of the Mishkan... <clears throat> To do that, one had to do these eight labors that we're about to learn about. So the first one is the Malach of Kosev, writing. It was necessary to be able to make these planks of wood so exact. So you had to inscribe symbols on the Krushim, on the planks. You had to write symbols to know, you know, which plank goes where. And this plank is on the north side, the south side, like if you ever build a sukkah, you know. So therefore, because of that, that becomes the forbidden labor of writing. So obviously, what's very straightforward is that 
one is not allowed to write anything, and that includes sketching pictures, not just writing letters or words. Actually, from the Torah, you can't write more than two letters. From the rabbis, you even can't write one letter. And obviously, it doesn't matter what language, whether you read the language or not, you can't write a Chinese letter, whether you could read it or not, because that's still writing. And it doesn't matter whether it's temporary, also is rabbinically forbidden, so you can't like doodle on a window on Shabbos when there's fog. Now, obviously, in today's day and age, the question becomes, what about writing on a computer or texting? So, first of all, the question is academic, because using anything electric on Shabbos is forbidden, as we'll speak about when we get to kindling a flame. But besides that, it would also probably, again, we don't have a Sanhedrin today, but we would assume that that would be considered writing and that would be forbidden on Shabbos, at least rabbinically, from the prohibition of writing. Now, what's important to know is that a very important rabbinical prohibition that derives from the Torah prohibition of writing on Shabbos is any type of business transaction. Because most business transactions necessitate writing, therefore, since from the Torah it's forbidden to write, it's one of the 39 labors, therefore the rabbis forbade any business transaction on Shabbos, and that includes oral, and not just writing, even with your mouth. You can't speak about business on Shabbos. You can't do anything with business because of the Torah prohibition of writing. From that comes that one can't do any work on Shabbos, even if one is, so to speak, not doing a Torah labor, but if one is doing some kind of business, one is doing some kind of something to earn money, that's forbidden from the rabbis on Shabbos, besides that it's the spirit of Shabbos, obviously, breaking, but also because they prohibited because of writing. Important to point out, let's say you want a babysitter on Shabbos, or let's say a person that you hire, uh, a person that's uh, a tutor, to teach on a bar mitzvah, so it's a very, very difficult halachic issue, but just very quickly, speak to a pertinent halachic rabbi, but basically the halacha is that as long as you're paying somebody globally, let's say you're paying somebody for a whole week of tutoring, then if they do it on Shabbos, it's okay, or if you pay somebody for babysitting for like, for for three hours on Shabbos, but make sure it also do for like three hours on Friday, or like it shouldn't just be for Shabbos. Also, an interesting thing, and I love speaking about this because my grandparents, from from the shtetl after the war, they were always from, but they weren't learned people. So I love speaking about things that I saw my grandparents do because their Judaism wasn't from the books. They never learned it from the books, but they saw what they saw in the home. And I, for many years, would always wonder why they would do certain things because I thought, you know, I knew better. And then until I saw in the books exactly the source for what they did. So this is an exact example that I remember on Shabbos, when on Shabbos morning, when I would come home from shul with my grandfather, on the way home from shul, he would stop in a grocery, some Korean or Chinese grocery, and he would say to the guy, how do you do, sir? Good morning. They knew each other. And he would take a newspaper, and he would sometimes take milk or soda or something that he needed for Shabbos, and he would take it home. And he would go into the store on Shabbos on the way home from shul. Now, obviously, then, then, halachically, that is completely permitted, which means that it's obviously not done so much today because you have to know the storekeeper, but it is allowed on Shabbos. You can't do business transaction, but if you have a non-Jewish store or a person that has any goods and on Shabbos you want to take it and they know you well enough and you don't speak about the business transaction and it's just understood that you'll pay for it a different time, you don't have to measure it or anything like that, that's allowed to do on Shabbos.